This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thank you. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show once again, and this is uh, my 400th, 500th show. Wow, it never gets old. <laughs> it never gets old, and uh, every show is is a little different, you know. So my guest today is Randy Fine. She's going to be talking about she. I'm assuming we'll be talking about love your life. So many people hate our lives. We we just, you know, we we got this crap in Washington, and we, we're just l- laying back and letting things happen, you know. But love your life. I mean, no matter what's happening in the world, and, and it's a lot of crap and garbage going on. But uh, we have to learn to love ourselves, and not to be depressed, and not to uh, feel all is lost. All is not lost. Uh, it will be lost <laughs> if you don't get up and act. You know, you can't sit around waiting for someone else to fight your battles. You got something to fight about, fight. Fight about your happiness. Fight about your joy. Fight to keep the things that you love. Fight for the things you love that they're trying to take away from you, like the Internet. Your dignity. Your freedom of speech. Your privacy. Fight for all of those kinds of things. Yourself. Do not sit around and wait for someone else to fight for you because there's millions of people out there who are fighting for those kinds of things and you can join them. Join them. Because they are, their happiness is also at stake here because we got this rogue president in office, rogue son of a, in office, and uh, he's doing all kinds of things. But before I get to that, that, Anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It, it's a beautiful day in Chicago. I hope it is beautiful wherever you are in the world. And um, don't be afraid to call in and interact with my show. You know, if you have something to say, something to offer that's going to try and make the world a better place, don't be afraid to uh, share that, okay? Because this is what this is all about. It's about sharing. The way you share things on Facebook and LinkedIn and Google and all those other uh, great social media sites that are now at risk because of Donald Trump. It's a damn shame. I'm pretty sure a lot of you folks already have heard that the FCC repeals net neutrality protections. And a lot, a lot of people are pissed the hell off and rightly so, rightfully so. This is a damn shame. This is Donald Trump coming after your internet. This is Donald Trump coming after Facebook. This is Donald Trump coming after your paycheck, your pocketbook, your bank, your credit cards, debit cards. This is Donald Trump. This is his war on American. This is his war on America, and and this is his war on American people. Nobody gets away. What kind of work you do, I don't care what kind of work you do not do, you you will feel this. You know, I don't care if you are a a news anchor. I mean, you're going to feel this. This this guy is going into your pocket. He's trying to make uh, life a lot worse for you, uh, a lot, you know, a lot more difficult. And 
saying that it and also saying at the same time it's good. Net it's a net neutrality was implemented in 2015 by Obama. Okay? And as we all know, Trump is just out there figuring uh coming up with anything uh, he's out there figuring out what Obama has done and anything Obama has done he gets rid of. He may not be necessarily trying to ruin your life. He just may be just be trying to get rid of everything that Obama's done because he can't stand Obama. He wants to wipe Obama from the face of the earth. But that'll never happen. Trump is jealous of Obama. He can't stand Obama. Obama is more popular than he ever will be, even though I am not that much of an Obama fan. But this guy, Donald Trump, he is... He is um, uh, transfixed on the executive orders that Obama put in place before he left uh, the presidency. And this jackass took over. Donald Trump is totally, totally jealous of Obama. I mean, this guy, he is, Obama sticks in his craw. He just can't stand it. So he's, he's going to go out and undo everything that Obama has done. Some of the things are some of the things that he has done have been good for America. And Trump doesn't like that. So now that he's president, he is going to upend every goddamn thing that Obama has done. Anything that you joy, anything that you joy and anything that you love, uh Trump is coming after. And he's going to say it with a smile on his face. This is crazy. It's crazy. And a victory for the internet service providers like it's a victory for uh, internet providers like AT Eisen. You know, this is a victory for them. These big rich ass corporations will be spying on you and me and just taking over our uh freedom on the internet to slow us down. <laughs> Uh, to uh, reroute us to sites that they want us to see, you know, kick us off, kick us off, um, raise prices, of course, it's going to be more expensive. Wow. FCC commissioner who was appointed by President Donald Trump forged ahead with the vote, despite it was a three two vote. OK, despite widespread opposition. Yeah, they didn't listen to us. We were out there protesting, trying to stop this from happening. Millions of people strong from all corp uh, other corporations uh, uh, at uh, different incomes, you know. People were out there. We were out there. We were protesting and, and just, I'm, I'm kind of passionate on this. And these guys went and did this thing anyway and trying to say, well, your internet is not going to be over. No, it's not going to be over. It's just going to be more difficult to do anything. Privacy will be thrown out of the window. Widespread opposition, they didn't pay attention to any of it. That's why I said we got to vote these people out. We got to get some people in there that's going to listen to us, not these assholes that ignore us or don't care what we think. I don't care how we feel about nothing. Even if it's a million of us out there protesting, they are pretending like they don't hear us. They ignore us. We're not there. 
we mean nothing, and they go on and do what the hell they want to do while spending their taxpayer paycheck, the one, the one that we pay for. And as, there is also a request from 18 state attorneys, state attorneys generals to delay it over the concerns that the public comment process was corrupt by fraudulent messages. They didn't listen to the, the attorneys. So what's going to happen now, folks? It's going to be a lot of lawsuits. Lawsuits going to come up all over the place. This guy, uh, the head of the FCC, he said he was expecting that. He wanted that. He knows that's going to happen. But now it's going to take an act of Congress to overturn this, to repeal this decision to uh, end net neutrality. That'll, that'll be something to see because Congress is controlled by who? Republicans. And, you know, Republicans are not in favor of anything it's, uh, good uh, pertaining to the American public. So we're in a bind here, folks. We are in a bind. bind. Okay, so the repeal proposal passed three to two on virtually partisan lines, party lines. It was partisan. Three Republicans, two Democrats. Uh, Democrats voted no. The Republicans voted yes, and it was repealed. The hearing was temporarily delayed. The room evacuated by a bomb threat <laughs> before Pi, this guy who, uh, this the head of the um, FCC, the one who cast the, uh, the I'm assuming the uh, deciding vote, Okay, <laughs> and the final vote. Commissioners were permitted to continue after the police and dogs searched for an empty chamber. They were about to bomb this guy. This is one of the things I think a lot of the people in the Trump administration have have done. They're put. They have put targets on their backs. They've got targets on their backs. I mean, because they're the uh, the the American dream. They're trying to destroy your way of life, my way of life. By these, by doing this simple, these simple uh, steps pertaining to executive orders uh, that have that have been signed by uh, Trump. Remember, this is just an executive order. He just erased it off the books. Um, the next administration that that uh, comes into the to the White House and to the Congress. We can uh, we can change this back over to what it used to be, or we can make net neutrality a lot better. We just got to get our butts out there and vote, 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 vote. All of these Republicans vote the, vote their asses out to the street. Uh, even if some of them say that they agree or they do not agree with something that uh, their agency has done, one of their agencies have done it, and they've got plenty of them, a lot of them. Um, vote their asses out. Turn it, all of these states blue. Vote, 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 vote. Vote their asses to the curve. You know, and Donald Trump, I mean, this guy's, uh, this guy's poll numbers are in the gutter, but he doesn't care. I'm president. Look at me. I'm the president. He's unfit. The USA Today uh, had an editorial on Donald Trump calling saying that he's not he's unfit to even clean Obama's toilets. And I totally agree with that. He's totally unfit. He's calling some woman who uh, I can't think of her name. I think it's Gillibrand. And she's uh, 
saying that he's unfit to be president because he groped her or something like that. And he, Donald Trump came back at her and virtually called her a whore because she accepts money. And then Donald Trump Jr. doubled down on what his father said about her, that she's a whore because she's always asking for money. That has nothing that has nothing to do with him groping her and that she did not want it. She she might have been a prostitute or a whore. I don't know. But I think that was I think that's irrelevant to sexual harassment. Just because you you are a woman of the night doesn't mean that you want somebody groping all over you when you uh when it's not consensual. So, you know, this this is just Donald Trump. And everybody is talking about what this repeal of this net neutrality is going to mean for you and me, you know, for every American. I mean, not just uh, the middle class or the poor or um, the well-to-do. This is for everybody, every American, everyone who's in the United States. This is going to affect and Donald Trump and the White House are going around and saying that, that this is a good thing. Even some of the corporations that, are, that will be benefiting from this, like uh, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, even they're saying that it's unfair. Even Netflix, Hulu, a lot of these internet programs, y- uh, Yahoo, YouTube, they're saying that this is unfair. Because you may not even get some of your Netflix programs or your your Hulu programs. Uh, this is giant. This 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 is awful. It may be a distraction because Trump and his goons are good at distracting the American public. It may be a distraction, a distraction away from the uh, uh, tax reform vote. That it seems that it seems as if they right now it seems as if they don't have enough votes for it and they're scrambling. So they distracting us with this net neutrality, or it could be a distraction from the uh, the vote in Alabama two or three days ago, which Trump lost big time. Trump knows how to distract you away from something. Now the vote, um, Doug Jones won over Roy Moore. That's a slap in the face of Donald Trump, and everybody's saying that's good, that's bad for the White House. So Trump does something else to distract you away from that, this net neutrality. And he's good at distracting you. And he's also good at losing. He's good at fucking losing because that's all he does is lose. And he's going to lose on this net neutrality because we're going to get it repealed. We're going to get it overturned. We're going to sue their asses off. They're coming around messing with your internet, messing with you, raising prices. And even if they raise prices, they're going to try to give you less content you you you're, you're you're unable to go to any website that you want to go to and if you go to a certain website that the corporation may not like uh you're going to that you might be going to that you're clicking on they could slow your internet internet down or charge you more money this is crazy this is crazy the internet was supposed to be free for all, but they have taken it over, folks. They, they, I mean, remember when it was tax-free? You could buy something online and you didn't have to pay any taxes? That's over. That's over. It's regulated. You know, p- 
people are are um, and, and it's you're so easily uh, it's so easy to be hacked on here, you know. So you really don't have any protections at all. But what protections that we did have, Trump has eliminated all of those protections that we had while on the internet and going to charge us more. Give us less, less, and less content and charge us more for less. That seems to be the way of, of America nowadays. Give you less, but charge you more for it. I've seen it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, they are pissing me off again. They are pissing me off again, and they should be pissing you off because if you're using their internet, if you have internet service, an internet provider, uh, this uh, is bad. This is bad. I said a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was telling everybody, I said, hey, they're coming after your internet. They're coming after you. They're coming after your internet. They're coming after anything that you enjoy. Trump, I've said this before, Trump has a war with the American people because he knows that most, of the, most, of, most Americans do not like him. So he's trying to hit back. He wants to hit back. I can't wait until this investigation is over. I can't wait till his ass is indicted. I can't wait to see him in front of a grand jury. I can't wait to see him on Capitol Hill being questioned under oath. And if he lies, he's going to jail. I can't wait until this jackass is out of our White House. We have to stay in this man's ass. We have to stay in those Republicans' ass. We have to do this. Or they will uh, take this country back to Nazi Germany, if it's not there already. Vladimir Putin has called... (laughs) I mean, he's even weighing in on Trump, saying, hey, wow, stop criticizing Trump. Trump's buddy. Putin is somebody Trump looks up to. I mean, he looks up to Putin. They're partners in crime. This guy is the reason why we have Trump in in the White House. Trump's a fake president. He's a fake president. He was installed in the White House by Russians. Vladimir Putin. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's a lot of proof to that. Big president, and he's doing so much to ruin our lives. We can't. <laughs> we just can't take it. We just we just can't sit back and take it. You cannot sit back and take it. Your happiness and everything is at stake here. We have to get this rogue ass president out of that office, out of the White House. The thugs, the crooks, the buffoons that are walking around in that White House figuring out how to screw over the American public more and more and more. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's just an awful day. I mean, when, you, when you're talking about the Internet, so many people rely on the Internet. So many people... Uh, their jobs rely on being online and being able to access every every website, do everything they want to do on the internet. In some cases, in some cases, there's the internet is the best friend of so many people around. But that's a damn shame that they're mucking with the internet. 
They're mucking with your life. And this is what Trump wants. This is what he wants. He wants whatever is making you happy, whatever you like to do. What, and if you're using it to mock him, he really hates it. And if Obama has uh, uh, enacted it, he triply hates it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to do this, Navarro. Let me talk to Donald Trump and explain to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation no bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yep. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. All right, that was Anna Navarro. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is a beautiful day in Chicago. Like I said before, I hope it's great where you are. And... Don't feel too bad that these people are messing around with your internet. My internet, your internet, they're trying to take it away. They're trying to curtail it. They're trying to make it harder to use and charge you a lot more. So we have to stand up, be counted, and um, don't let them do this. You know, don't let them do this. Do this. More likely to go, they're going to have to overturn this, and they can, but I don't know if Congress is going to do it because it's ran by Republicans. It's controlled by Republicans. And majority of the time, Republicans don't give a damn about what Americans think. So, you know, uh, we just got to have to vote, vote, vote these people out and then um, make the Internet a lot better than what they're trying to do. Because they're trying to make it a lot worse for you and me to go from one website to the next. It's just awful, folks. It is 626 straight up Chicago time. And it's snowing outside. <laughs> it's snowing outside. Why wouldn't it snow, right? It's December, right? But still in all, it's still fall because I don't think I don't I don't think uh winter's actually starts till around the twenty first, twenty seventh, twenty first, uh to twentieth, twenty first or something like that, you know. 
So it, it's still fall, but it's it's cold. It feels like winter and it feels Christmassy. We, I mean, everybody in this area has, majority of everybody, not a lot of people, have a Christmas lights and they have Christmas trees and they, they're celebrating the, um, um, the, the, the Christmas, you know, celebrating Christmas. I've always enjoyed Christmas, even though I know some people and heard of some people and there are people out here who do not celebrate Christmas, who do, they don't even celebrate their own birthday, you know, but I'm not one of those folks, okay? <laughs> All right, it has something to do with uh, their beliefs, church or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Hate has no home here. All of you should be in agreement, understanding of each other, uh, loving each other as family and being kind and humble. Bad chance if that ever happens, right? All right, be kind to one another out there. It is so easy. Be kind to one another. You know, we have to uh, like one another and um, work with one another. We have to deal with one another. So one another, and so that we don't uh, um, get complacent here, all right? So uh, be kind to one another. Happy holidays to all of those folks from the George Wilder Jr. Show. All right, let's go over here. All right, you you are on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. <laughs> Hi, this is Randy Fine. <laughs> Hi, George. Hi, Randy Fine. Hi, Randy. Hi. Hi, Randy Fine. Great. Glad you could be here. Glad you Thank could be you. here. Thank you. No problem Thank about you. it. I'm always I'm always appreciative to uh I hear it's know. like in the twenties there in Chicago, right? Yeah, it's freezing. We're freezing our tushes off here. Uh, but it, I mean, well, we are live and it's great. It's, it's a nice night, you know, it's Chris, it's Christmassy, you know, all right. Yeah. Author Randy, okay. I'm going to say this author, Randy Fine on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Okay. Give us a little bit of your bio and tell us about your book. It's love your life or something like that. Well, okay. So, um, I'm a published author. Um, uh -huh. I'm a narcissistic abuse survivor who has become a dedicated pioneer in the narcissistic personality disorder abuse awareness movement. Um, I, like am also, <laughs> I am also a professional narcissistic abuse counselor to clients worldwide and the host of the highly acclaimed podcast, A Fine Time for Healing. Um, and that's pretty much it. And today I'm here to talk about my new book, my groundbreaking new book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, The Narcissistic Abuse Survivor's Guide to Healing and Recovery. All right. Sounds good. I mean, start talking about it. I mean, <laughs> let us hear it. Okay. All right. All right. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about the book, um, okay. Close Encounters is the most comprehensive book out there on this topic. And I've written it in a very compassionate and supportive voice because those who are suffering this kind of abuse really need support and validation. Um, this is a very unique and complex syndrome and um, that arises from narcissistic abuse. And... Um, this book gives narcissistic abuse survivors a complete and trustworthy roadmap that will guide them through the healing process into recovery and ultimately to the freedom and happiness they deserve. Okay, Randy, so, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. In case, in case there are some people who are listening and they don't know what uh, narcissistic abuse is, can you explain it? Explain it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I think that's real important. You know, everybody really does know someone who's suffered this. Many have Mm -hmm. suffered it themselves, but are not aware because it is such a strange kind of thing. But in order to um, understand narcissistic abuse, it's important to understand who perpetrates it. And so... And the narcissistic abuse that is discussed in my book comes from those with what's called narcissistic personality disorder. And these are not people who are just excessive self-admirers. The people who have narcissistic personality disorder, they're actually considered mentally ill, though they are not insane. So they're predators, really. Um, who are very aware of what they do. They're deliberate in their manipulations, and they are relentless in their abuse campaign. And those who become their targets will be systematically brainwashed in a way that is imperceptible. And it's done in such a seamless way because narcissists are such brilliant manipulators that the person has no idea what's really happening to them. But the goal of the narcissist is to take them as emotional hostages by destroying their self-esteem, taking away their personal power, um, confusing and disorienting them and causing them to distrust their instincts. And this is all done behind closed doors. So when the victim of this kind of abuse tries to tell other people what's going on, they are seen as the problem. It's a very, very sick issue. And you know what? It's epidemic in this world. Yeah. As I've said before, it sounds like our president. And, well, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> ask me that. And um, he absolutely does appear to have the personality disorder. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things that he does that... Um, fit right in to the diagnosis of someone that has it. You know, yeah, he's been called it. He's been called that many times. He certainly has. And you know, yeah. he is what is called an overt narcissist. Because narcissists can be covert or they can be overt. There are many of them walking around doing the same kind of damage basically. But they do it in a very subtle way, and those people are much more dangerous than someone like our president, because our president is very obvious in what he does. Um, And so it's a lot easier to see the mechanisms at work, but many narcissists are very, very covert in their abuse, so nobody detects it. Randy, is there a cure? Is there something, a remedy or something, or something that can, you know, or is this just grows? It just gets worse over time or it gets better or something to that effect? Well, you know, it's not narcissistic personality disorder is what's called, it's part of a cluster B disorder. And that's defined in the DSM-5, which is the mental health book that, um, that, professionals use to diagnose people. So 
in that um, disorder, in that cluster B disorder, you will find antisocial personality disorder, which is um, which we better know as uh, sociopaths and, and psychopaths. Also in there is borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder. So we're talking about a very, very serious thing here. Um, you Would know, you call and it an illness? Could you call it, it an illness or a disease? Oh, it's a mental illness. That's a mental illness. It is illness. a mental okay. illness. Yes, it is a mental illness. But it's not something that anyone is born with. This is something that develops in childhood. And it develops because of some kind of intolerable, humiliating, or abusive situation that happens to the child where they basically decide that they are not going to have that life experience anymore. And so what they do is they build what's called a false self. And the false self carries them through life. And the false self is there to keep them from being hurt. And the false self lies to them and tells them that they're perfect and wonderful and grandiose and deserving and all these things. And so the person can never get better because the false self is there for the rest of their life and nothing gets through. So they can't get better. If they went for therapy, they would either call the therapist a nut or say they don't know what they're doing, or they would manipulate that therapist so well that the therapist wouldn't see anything wrong with them. So there's no way for these people to get better. So once a narcissist is always a narcissist. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, yeah. so... So would you say to try to avoid these kinds of people or um, engage them or how would you put it? <laughs> okay. So um, the, the basic answer is run. Um, <laughs> run. Okay. Run. Um, the problem is that the way that they take their what we call relationships and basically it's their hostages – um, the way they do it, we don't realize what's happening to us until we have been so destroyed emotionally and psychologically that we can no longer function. I mean, this is serious, mm -hmm. serious mind control and brainwashing yeah. that's done. And so people who are in these relationships cannot see their way out of it because their brain has been changed, and they cannot think their way through it. So mm -hmm. um, by the time somebody comes to terms with this and realizes what they're dealing with, it, it's not a matter of just walking out the door because they can't, because they mm -hmm. are emotionally, um, in some cases, addicted to mm -hmm. their abuser. Um, in other cases, they are just so... They, their their self-esteem is so destroyed that wow. they can't leave. And when they try to leave, the narcissist has mechanisms in place to do what's called hoovering. They suck them back in over and over and over against the person's will. So it's very hard. And if you are a child brought up in this kind of environment, well, then your adult life is going to be a very problematic for you. You're going to have problems with underachieving, overachieving, eating disorders, um, and clearly relationship issues. 
how are other people how are people actually reacting to your book oh my gosh they are loving it um okay. you know i have okay. i have a um a global audience because of mm-hmm. the counseling i do the show i do mm-hmm. and my my website my blog is read in 180 countries so wow. i have a pr- yeah i have a pretty wide um variety of people reading it. So they have been very, very excited that this book was coming Mm -hmm. out. Um, What I'm getting is that they can't put it down. Not only that, but they're carrying (laughs) it in their bags with them because it is such a great, you know, when you've been abused this way, the one thing you Mm -hmm. do not get from anyone, except someone like me who understands this, is support and validation. Nobody will validate you. And it's very, very important that they have a gentle voice to validate their experience, explain what is going on with them. And I explain every possible kind of relationship that could exist with a narcissist and cite case histories so that, you know, readers can see themselves in the stories of what other people are experiencing. Randy, would you, uh, do you have your book with you? Can you share a small excerpt? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, okay. Right. So since we're talking about relationships, I will read you just mm-hmm. a brief thing from, let's see what this chapter is. Okay. This is from the, the chapter called Narcissists in Romantic Relationships. Okay. Oh, okay. Great, great. Narcissists do not have what it takes to build successful relationships. Ruled by diabolical minds, they, are, they see others as their extensions rather than separate individuals with independent thoughts, desires, and needs. Narcissists are not capable of the compromise and compassion that must exist in partnerships, are devoid of empathy, and are completely self-centered. A romantic conquest is chosen by the narcissist for only one reason, to meet his or her needs. True reciprocity will never exist. They may become companions, but there will never be an actual partnership. A great deal of heartache could be avoided if we knew what we were up against from the start. But if we never experienced this kind of relationship before or do not have a working knowledge of the narcissistic mind, we cannot possibly know how to avoid it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can we find your book? So uh, my book is available in paperback and uh, for Kindle Mm -hmm. on Amazon.com. And the book is um, Mm -hmm. Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, The Narcissistic Abuse Survivor's Guide to Healing and Recovery. Did our president have anything to do with you wanting to write this book? No, it's very coincidental. (laughs) Actually, actually, um, I I started writing this book two years ago. Okay. So All right. he was not even, we didn't even know, or it might have just been a rumor that he was um, <laughs> going to be, you know, running for this presidency, yeah, president. but absolutely no. However, this is something that is coming to the forefront of so many people's attention, but yeah. it is very, very misunderstood because it is so very convoluted and complex that the average person could not even imagine that this truly goes on in someone's mind. 
Yeah, yeah. Randy Fine on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Can you give us a website and one more time where we can find your book? Okay. Um, so Close Encounters of the Worst Kind is mm-hmm. available on Amazon, and uh, mm-hmm. it's available in, in paperback and in uh, and for Kindle. And my website is randygfine.com, and that's R-A-N-D-I-G-F-I-N-E.com. If you go on my website, there's a book trailer that you can watch so that you get kind of a feel for what the book is about. It's really powerful. And yeah. um, there's also a free offer for, for some fun things for people who have had close encounters of the worst kind. So um, yes. randygfine.com. All right. Uh, I'm going to go there myself because I'm going to pick this book up because, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it's really, it's interesting. And hopefully, uh, you know, myself and my son, we can learn something. All right. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome, George. Thank you for having me. No problem. Randy Fine on the George Wilder Jr. Show. We will be right back. We're going to redo this Doug Jones victory in Alabama. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my. Folks, I got to tell you, I think that I have been waiting all my life, and now I just don't know what the hell to say. If you will indulge me just a moment. <laughs> Let's just get sworn in first before we. Folks, I, I, I'm overwhelmed, but I, I want to let me let me first make a couple of kind of brief comments. You know, I have said throughout this campaign that I thought that December 12th was going to be a historic day. tell you, and you know where I'm headed, December 12th has always been a historic day for the Jones family. This is, as you know, mine and Louise's 25th wedding anniversary. evening when she just kind of kicked me in the rear end when I was down. Um, so this has been a wonderful night. I've got to thank my family. I've got my wonderful sons, Carson, Christopher, my daughter, Courtney, my beautiful granddaughter, her son-in-law, Rip, all these friends back here, U.S. Attorney buddies, my mom who can make it here. My dad, who's here with us in spirit, who's too ill, and unfortunately, my my sister, Terry, and her husband, Scott, Terry Savage, and Scott Savage. Hey, girls, thank you, thank you. She couldn't make it either. I, I am truly overwhelmed. I am truly, truly overwhelmed. But you know, folks, And you have all heard me say this at one point or another in this campaign. I have always believed that the people of Alabama had more in common than to divide us. 
have shown not just around the state of Alabama, but we have shown the country the way that we can be unified. We have spent so many hours. I have got so many people that I can thank, but I will tell you just very quickly. There are three people that I want to acknowledge tonight because if it wasn't for them, we would not be here. They're the folks that sat me down in early May and said, Doug, you can do this, and they showed me the way. And I want to make sure that everybody in this room, and we had an incredible staff. It started with a small group of folks, Jess and Wade and Trey and Garrett. But the three people I need to acknowledge before I go any further, I have the greatest political consultant in the world in Joe Trippi. I know you're tired of seeing my ads, but they were all Joe's work, and he, sh he showed me the way. Doug Turner, who've been friends for so long, showed me the numbers. And then the one that I called the Yoda of the campaign, Giles Perkins. Giles, Giles has had his own issues to deal with over the summer, but this campaign and what he has done is whenever the history is written about Alabama politics, remember those names, Giles Perkins, Doug Turner, and Joe Trippi. There are so many, there are too many people here. I want to just say this. Folks, we have come so far. We have come so far and the people of Alabama has, have spoken. They have said we... They have said to, to each other that this, I have said from the very beginning, this campaign has never been about me. It's never been about Roy Moore. It has been about every one of you, every one of you and your sons and daughters. It's, it's all of those volunteers that knocked on 300,000 doors. It's, it's the volunteers who made 1.2 million phone calls around the state. It's those volunteers to make sure that we knew it was every community. You know, I keep hearing about the different uh, uh, communities in this state. The African-American community, thank you! The, my, my, friends, my friends in the Latino community, thank you! To all my Jewish friends, happy Hanukkah! We have, we have built this everywhere we have gone. We have had that same energy. We've had that same excitement. At the end of the day, this, this entire race has been about dignity and respect. This, this, campaign, this campaign has been about the rule of law. This campaign... This campaign 
has been about common courtesy and decency and making sure everyone in this state, regardless of which zip code you live in, is going to get a fair shake in life. And let me, let me just say this, folks, to all of those, all of my future colleagues in Washington, to all, <laughs> I've had such wonderful help, but I want to make sure, in all seriousness, there are important issues facing this country. There are important issues of health care and jobs and the economy. And I want to, I would like, as everyone in this, in the entire probably free world knows right now, we've tried to make sure that this campaign was about finding common ground and reaching across and actually getting things done for the people. So I, I, have, a, I have a challenge. I have this challenge to my future colleagues in Washington. Don't wait on me. Take this election from the great state of Alabama. Let me finish. Take this election. Take this election where the people of Alabama said, we want to get something done. We want you to find common ground. We want you to talk. Take this opportunity in, in light of this election and go ahead and fund that SHIP program before I get up there. Let's do it for those million kids and 150,000 here in Birmingham, Alabama. I am not going to talk too much longer. It's been a long night. It's been a long campaign. But let me, no, let me, let me just say, let me, I, I know I've forgotten so much. I've forgotten so much to so many thank yous and how we feel. This vote, this vote, I've said it before. Alabama has been at a crossroads. We have been at crossroads in the past. And unfortunately, we have usually taken the wrong fork. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you took the right road.
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. Holy. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon. If Trump is smart, or just sufficiently scared enough, and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms and then boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. 
The fifth end game is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend. But it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next from a woman here or from Russia. All right, Keith. I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, (laughs) should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped and the ballgame was over even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over. And I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary. Yeah, I hate to see you go, <laughs> Making man. the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Keep show keep is going. now... The George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air. <laughs> All right.
All right, it's 7.05 in the city of Chicago. It's 7.05 p.m. in the city of Chicago. Once again, I want to thank my guest, author Randy Fine. She was talking some great, good stuff. I hope you listeners out there uh, paid attention and uh, go get her book. Uh, uh, it, it sounds like something that we should be reading and learning about, of course. Anyway, let me move on to Eric Trump. He now joins the, I said this earlier, he now joins the attack on Gillibrand. Uh, Gillibrand is a, uh, one of Trump's uh, accusers who um, said he uh, committed sexual misconduct uh, towards her, with her. His son is doubling down and saying that she, <laughs> she, she asked for money every day as if she was some sort of prostitute. And she came back and Trump is getting a lot of blowback because of that, you know, calling her a prostitute. This man has no morals whatsoever. He has no morals. I mean, uh, USA Today, uh, and I'm quoting USA Today, saying that Trump is, <laughs> it's funny, Trump is totally unfit to clean out Obama's toilets. This is a direct quote from a reputable news source. Uh, USA Today. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. It, it sounded like something that I would say, you know, uh, about Trump, but they beat me to it. <laughs> uh, but there's so many other things you can call Trump. It just, just, and it fits. It totally fits. Anything you call him, jackass, piece of slime, it, it fits. All right. Uh, <laughs> Omarosa denies she was fired from the White House. Okay, there's a report that she was fired, that she was uh, exported out or dragged out by Secret Service or someone. She's denying it. Uh, I think Secret Service is saying something that uh, they have no clue of what, what went on. Anyway, uh, she's out. She, and a lot of people are, are uh, upset because uh, a lot of people feel that she was fired because she was just black. And Trump did not want black people around. But you can believe what, whatever you want to. But a lot of people are saying that Trump should, probably should pick another uh, African-American so to try to give his inner circle inner circle a little bit more diversity. Trump doesn't give a damn. He's a racist. He's a racist pig. And, you know, and, and he knows we know. He, he knows that everybody knows that because he hasn't denied it. He hasn't denied that he's not a racist. He hasn't denied that he's not a white, white supremacist. He's not de denied that. So if he hasn't denied it and through his actions, yeah, he's a white supremacist. He's a racist. Okay, Omarosa, get back to her. She denies she was fired from the White House. She denied she was fired. Uh, she could be lying. And also, uh, I was watching her on The View the other day, and she was saying that she had she she knows so much about what went on in the White House that we would probably want to know. So, so I'm thinking that she's going to write a book one day. <laughs> to tell all, to tell everything uh, about her uh, in the White House working with Donald Trump, the godfather, the criminal, uh, and his goons, you know. So he, <laughs> she's going to write a tell-all book. She's saying that she knows a lot. She knows what uh, that she thinks we would want to know about Donald Trump. She knows a lot. I'm pretty sure they're going to pay her off to keep her mouth shut, this plot just thickens. This is ripe for a uh, movie. 
<laughs> I mean, Donald Trump and his goons and, and his presidency and everything that has gone on and has not gone on during his tenure as uh, our president, I mean, this could be a movie. I mean, this is this is ripe for some movie to be. I'd pay to go see it. You know, it, it, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of authors out here already penning a book about what's going on. And, and, and it's not fiction. It will not be fiction. It will be nonfiction. But you know, you got a lot of fictional writers out here, too, are probably getting some material <laughs> that they need to finish their books from what's going on in the world today in Washington. They're going to fictionalize it. You know, who knows? <laughs> it might wind up being a, end up being a movie. Excuse me. And uh, we just have to see. I mean, the plot thickens. Get your popcorn. This is never over. It's always uh, there's always something coming out of this White House every goddamn day. Something always coming out of the White House. It could be a distraction. But as I said earlier, Donald Trump is a master at distracting. He could be distracting us away from the uh, win in Alabama two days ago from the from the. Um, broadcast of this uh, uh of this live show uh to get to get us not to think about that Doug Jones beat beat his uh candidate so he's going to get us to thinking about net neutrality he didn't up our internet so he he wants now everybody is thinking about that but Trump we will never forget what you have done and you cannot distract us you know we we you may distract some people but some of us you cannot distract okay i'll pay attention to what you're doing over here but i won't forget what you did before it's all about a distraction with this guy and i agree with keith overman i think he's on his way out i think trump is finished i think he's finished i they are seating a grand jury right now they are Trump is on his way out. I mean, I don't see how this guy could not resign or uh, not be impeached. Let's say if if the Republicans refuse to impeach him, refuse to remove him, the Democrats, when they take the the House and the Senate, and I'm hoping, and it looks like they will uh, in 2018, they they are going to impeach him, and the and the Republicans know this. They know that when the Democrats take over, they're going to do the job that the Republicans refuse to do. And that and that is to get an unfit, unbalanced, mentally, mentally ill jackass out of the White House. Someone who is destroying uh, uh, each and every American way of life. He's destroying Americans way of life. And then coming out and saying it's good for America. Messing with your bank accounts. Ain't that something? Now messing with your internet, messing with your Facebook. I remember this guy said he was gonna cut he was coming after Facebook users because we all was writing nasty things about him and he didn't like it. So he's gonna come after us on Facebook. This is the president of the United States. But now he went to uh the FCC making it harder for us. He got his minions, 
you know, in this agency called the AFCC, the Federal uh, uh, Communications Commission. I'm trying to get that out. It's hard to get that out. Seven thirteen p.m. straight up in the city of Chicago. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It's a great day in the city of Chicago. It feels so Christmassy, but we got a jackass in the White House, and we have to vote to get him out. Uh, uh, Keith Olbermann just got through talking about you know seven possibilities to get him out um, because. Um, if he's not out by 2018, November 2018, Trump, he's going to have been done a lot more damage. So he has to be gotten the hell out of there. I think, I think, you know, I think the investigations are good, but I think Trump has done so much that he can be impeached without the investigations. He can be kicked out on his ass without these investigations because he's, he's just awful. This guy is just totally awful. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me all over the place. Not literally, but, you know, online, the show the show here. Make sure you click that button that says follow this show. Um, all right, it's, it's, it's Thursday here, and we're going to be off for a few days, as always. We're on four days a week, folks. Four days a week, Monday through Thursday, and we're off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be off on Christmas, of course, um, which is which should be a uh, blessed day for people and their families. Wow, it's going to be a great Christmas for a lot of families, and a lot of people are going to be traveling. You know, gas prices are going up, right? But nobody cares if they. <laughs> but no, I mean, not too many people care. Um, especially if they're getting out of town and going to see family for the holidays. So they, you know, say, they say, what the hell, you know, it's worth it. Right. All right. And, um, yeah, it, it, the holidays are going to be super, super duper great. I just love it. Love the holidays. Every time they come around, I just enjoy it. Christmas, thanks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's just awesome. But when, when I think about New Year, when New Year rolls around, I think about one thing, being one year older. That's a drag. Everybody has a birthday in 2017. <laughs> Just like everybody had a birthday in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2014, whatever. Everybody has a, a birthday in the following year. Some people are looking forward to their birthdays. Others are not looking forward to their birthday. You know, so as I am, I am not looking forward to my birthday. <laughs> You know, be a one year old. Oh, wow. He's so old. All righty. The next Omarosa we talked about that Marco Rubio's holding out for child tax credit that actually helps poor people. Oh, no, that's unbelievable. A Republican actually uh, wanting to help the poor people. There's something to it, folks. Maybe he saw the light when Doug Jones won the election in Alabama. Maybe he saw the light in New Jersey and Virginia, Republicans uh, uh, did a landslide in both those uh, states. I mean, not Republicans, but Democrats. So he's starting to see the light. Maybe he's feeling the heat from his constituency because more than likely they don't like Trump. <laughs> Who does? Who does? Um, yeah, uh, and a lot of these Republicans, their constituency, 
does not like Trump. And and the people are saying, hey, Mark, we put you in there. Uh, we want this. We want that. We want this. We want that. So therefore, uh, this tax plan is in trouble. Trump Trump wants it wants to sign it into law by Christmas, but yet the doesn't seem like he has the votes. Uh, Marco Rubio, uh, John McCain is in the hospital. He's on his deathbed. Uh, there's another um, 80-year-old uh, senator, a Republican. He's he's been in and out of the uh, Capitol building in the hospital. So, uh, and Marco Rubio is saying that he wants a child tax credit that actually helps the poor. And I'm pretty sure the Republicans are saying, what? Helping the poor? Get out. You know, because that is something that's not on the Republican agenda, agenda is to help the poor. I mean, they're all about taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. It's like Robin Hood in reverse. Totally Robin Hood in, in reverse. So that's a kick in the head. I don't know. Maybe somebody kicked Marco Rubio in the head for wanting to help poor people, poor children. When when so many years and decades, the Republicans have been kicking the poor around like garbage. Suddenly he wants to help the poor. Maybe he's maybe he had an epiphany. Right. Oh, my God. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the ghost of Christmas past haunted his sleep or something. Who knows? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Follow me all over the place, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, right here. Make sure you always tune in to listen to the show. It's always fun. I always try to get good and informative guests on the show. And once again, I want to thank my guest, Randy Fine. Randy G. Fine. Check out her website. It's Randy G. Fine, I believe, randygfine.com. If not, then just... Google her name, and uh, that should give you all the information that you should need to go to her website. She says she has a lot of goodies on there. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to, I'm going to, if I can say, oh, something's wrong with my voice. I'm going to drop by her website and see if there's any goodies for me because I'm just like you, you know. The George Wilder Jr. Show. It is. Uh, let's see. It's night seven nineteen, seven twenty, seven nineteen. Uh, off or a minute or two, whatever. But anyway, it's around 7.20 p.m. in the city of Chicago. We got, we have about 10 more minutes left into the show before we are off for the weekend. And basically, it, when I'm not here, um, when I'm not on the air, there's always a lot of podcasts, a lot of uh, shows that I've recorded that, that you can find right here on this website, Black Talk Radio. And some and, and in some cases you can find some of these shows that I do on block uh, on Black Talk Radio. You can find them on Facebook. You know, I have my own my own group where I just post my shows in that group on Facebook and you can always go and find them and listen from um from from the groups. I think the group is called the George Wilder Junior Show. Or uh, Blog Talk Radio 1 and 2, where I post my, um, and also I have websites where I can, you know, post the shows uh, that I've done around the internet, or you know. But I still am thinking about these guys in Washington messing with the internet. They're just messing with the American public. That's what it's all about. They're trying to screw, and they're also 
screwing the people who voted their asses in office. Donald Trump is not only screwing the people who did not vote for him, he's screwing his own uh, base. He's screwing his, the, the people who put his ass in office, who gave him their vote. He's screwing everybody. And I've said this several times. The Republicans don't give a damn if you voted for them. They don't give a damn if you did not vote for them. All they know is that they're in office and we're not. Uh, and that's it. I don't see how politicians could screw their own constituency, their own base, and say it's good for America. That's crazy. All righty. Um, Paul Ryan is talking about retirement, retiring from Congress. He better retire because he's going to get his ass voted out. He has seen the light. He's Paul Ryan, the leader, the leader of the House of Representatives in Congress in Washington, Washington is thinking about retiring. It's either that or he will not get voted back in. And he knows it. He sees the writing on the rope on the wall. He says, I'm going to I'm going to get out of this. I'm getting out of this because I know they're not going to vote for me again. And he's right. He's right. The people have lit a fire under these politicians. They have lit a fire under these politicians. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. we got about five more minutes, six more minutes left into the show. All right, white evangelists voted. Okay, I was saying this in the yesterday sh- on the yesterday's show, the yesterday yesterday's episode, that Christian and evangelical voters voted for a alleged rapist, someone who stalked underage girls, these people who claim that they love Jesus and want you to love Jesus, and then they go out and then and vote for some vote for a pedophile. Wow. Makes you not want to go to church anymore. <laughs> and some people think churches are nothing but cults. Brainwashing their members, brainwashing the congregation. Then the congregation comes out and comes out and brainwashes everybody else around them. You know, so but anyway, it's 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 Christmas time and it's time to um Okay, actresses actresses, actresses, actresses at Golden at, at the Golden Globes to wear black to protest sexual harassment. Wow. Mm. Yeah, well, that's interesting. There's been a lot of sexual harassment, and a lot of guys have gone down for it. I mean, a lot of guys have gone down for it. Sexual harassment is not only in out here in Hollywood and in high places and bringing down high-profile names, but sexual harassment is also um, in the grassroots workplaces. I mean, you know, factories, pizza places, hamburgers, and uh, these kind of places, workplaces, ordinary, everyday workplaces. I mean, sexual harassment are taking the men down, and a lot of these guys are being ruined by this. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air to see if we can all right. It's been fun. I, I've had a great time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Like I said before, I do appreciate it when um, 
when you guys tune in and listen, when you call in, when you anticipate, anticipate, participate in what's going on and, and totally, totally participate. If I can say it, all those P's, right. Um, in your government, learn more about your government, take a part in what's going on and, and stand up and be counted, stand up and be counted. Don't let these clowns push you around. Do not let them take away your happiness, your joy, fight for what you want. Do not wait on someone else to fight your battles. If you, if at all possible, try to fight your own battles and get other people to help fight with you. I mean, because we have to take America back. We have to take this country back and make it strong again. Goodbye, everybody.